follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad, and given the time of year, we're going to bring you a very seasonal episode. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Doing good. I'm a little upset. I was promised uh, cider, and I do not see any cider here. Mm. I don't know who made that promise to you. In fact, I am going to throw a pumpkin at Shad's door. Oh, not again. You know, speaking of pumpkins, they were airing uh, The Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown on Sunday, I believe, because my wife and I had it in the background. See, that's not where I thought that was going. (laughs) You thought it was some sort of cider joke, maybe? No, I thought you were going to, for some reason, I thought you were going to invoke Pumpkinhead. I don't know how I would incorporate Pumpkinhead into this. Yeah, I know, right? Does anyone even remember Pumpkinhead? I do remember. I remember. They, they, I feel like they made like a bunch of sequels to Pumpkinhead. He was like going toe to toe with like the Leprechaun movies for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, there was like a lot of them. Um, they also was parlayed into a staggeringly bad PC game. Wow, there's a Pumpkinhead uh, really? PC game. Yes, yes. And the guy that um, is it a is it a first person shooter? Yep. And the guy uh, there was a guy on YouTube by the name of Lord Cat. His his gimmick was he would do he would play games until we win. So he would like do playthroughs of crazy hard stuff. It was bad enough that he was using like a hex editor to hack into the code and try to figure stuff out. Like that's how. That's how bad yeah, that game was. So, anyway. Tonight, well, we're, this is being recorded on 10-29-19. Ooh, Scott Hall, Scary Fingers. Um, I don't know why, I just enjoy referencing it that way. We are going to be, since it's it's the... Halloween time of year. We're going to be talking a little, we'll be a little off base from the normal fare. We're going to be talking about uh, urban legends, cryptids, and creepypastas tonight. So, if you tune in for our normal Four Corners wackiness, this will be a little bit different. Probably eh, <clears throat> the same amount of cynicism, but but just <laughs> not quite as happy-go-lucky about it, I guess. Does that sound about right to you guys? Yeah, I would say we don't necessarily believe in any of these, but they're interesting nonetheless. They're interesting to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm a, I'm a professional. I have a, uh, a legal degree. It's very serious. 
um, I, I'm, I consider myself an intellectual, so I, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in wacky conspiracy theories or things like that, or bizarre theories about life and the supernatural, but <laughs> I'm like Fox Mulder guys. I want to believe in these things because he doesn't, he wants, he doesn't want to believe in all of these like crazy, ridiculous things to, uh, I don't know, make life a little more interesting. So you're 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 not uh, a Bigfoot enthusiast that puts out things like missing four one one about like conspiracy and people going missing in national parks because it's just so unfathomable that people fucking die in the wilderness. <laughs> but I am a Bigfoot enthusiast. That's actually true. Um, I just have not written books about the situation. About how how it's so unfathomable that someone can get lost in the woods and die. See, I've never read one of his books, but I've heard like podcasts or something where he's guest starred on, and it, everything of his is like the very same. He'll he'll he throws out like this scary premise. Oh yeah, like let me tell you this incredible story, and it's like the same story like over and over again. Like oh, this person went walking in the woods and they disappeared, and how could they do that? And it's like I think pretty easily because <laughs> if they don't know what they're doing, well, it's the wilderness. Yeah, but then it's like and and then. You know, like like five months later, they found their corpse, but it was uh, it was in a state of undress. No one knew how he got up like five miles from where he was supposed to be. And it's like, OK, well, then what happened? He's like, well, we don't know. And it's like, why don't you give me an answer? It's well, just all this like can, mystery. Like, ooh, I can, I can what could you, have happened? I can tell you why they find people uh, half undressed when they died in the woods, because when you... So when you get hypothermia right before you die, your blood cells start like freaking out. And you get super hot. So you start taking your clothes off. It's called paradoxical undressing. And it's like an observable thing in like super advanced hypothermia. People also, when they have super hypothermia, tend to burrow. Yep. Oh, is that Unsolved Mysteries? Yes, yes it is. That's oh, awesome. A, that's on Prime, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, so actually... Um, well, if you ever wanted to get scared like shitless back in the day, <laughs> there it that, is. That yeah. that music, as soon as you heard it, you're like, oh my god, something scary is gonna happen. <laughs> he was the god, best god. part of he was the best part of airplane too. Mm. And he's walking <laughs> through the airport and he's just beating the shit out of random people. Well, anyway, so yeah, so um, even experienced people can die pretty easy. You can die of exposure in like fifty degree weather. I don't live very. I live. I live pretty close to one of the top rock climbing uh, spots in the world. It's called the Red River Gorge. And every year, every year, somebody dies in Red River Gorge. Red River Gorge is kind of hard to get lost in if you're staying near trails. But people think they know what they're doing, and they go wandering off, and they don't stay put. And they meander off somewhere, and they keep moving around so search parties can't find them, and they die like fifteen feet away from a trail. Well, the thing is, people don't. So this is this is random, useless knowledge. If you're ever lost in the woods, you don't walk in a straight line. People veer to a side, so we naturally go around in circles. So if you're ever in a survival situation with another person, you need one person to walk forward and then walk up to them so you're sure you're walking in the same direction. Or you need to mark trees and stuff because you'll just walk in circles naturally. Mm. Well, if you're if if they're going to 
if you're going out, first of all, you want them to come looking for you. You tell like the, um, you tell a ranger station or something. This is the trail I'm supposed to be on. This is I'm going now. I expect to be back at this time. So if you don't show back up, they know where you went. Then sit yourself down and do something that draws attention. Don't scream because you'll tear your voice out. But do something that draws attention so when they come looking for you, it's easy for them to find you. Right now, maybe starting a fire isn't the best thing in the world, given most of California is burning, but do something, right? <clears throat> so, what we're going to do is we're going to break this down by section. Uh, there are some people very unhappy with our decision to do that, I can tell. And then um, we're going to break this down by section, or by topic, and we'll hit some some high points in those topics. And then we'll uh, mosey on to the next one. So I believe the first one we were going to start with, guys, was the good old urban leg- urban legends. Now, for me, I'm not going to say this is the best. But for me, the, I guess, proto-urban legend, or like the... <clears throat> the thing that fits the mold as we think of it today is the story of the hook. <clears throat> Are you guys familiar with the hook? So I have a question. Do um do people younger than us even like know what a lover's lane was back in the day? Like, is that just something that's been lost or do they still like do that? I would imagine as long as there are still horny teenagers trying to find some semblance of privacy, there's gonna be some version of it. Okay. I'm good with that. <clears throat> That that's conjecture, though. But if you don't know the story, guy and his girlfriend are sitting there in the car, and they turn on the radio for some music. And, ah, breaking bulletin! Uh, psychopath has escaped from jail, mental hospital, prison, uh, prisoner transport. Take your pick. It's been used for all of them. You'll know who it is because his left hand is missing and has been replaced with a hook. He's extremely dangerous. Make sure to take cover indoors with a group of people. And the girl's getting freaked out. And the guy's like, no, honey, we just got to do the thing, like in the back of a Volkswagen. And she's like, no, I don't want to do this. Take me home. And he's like, fine. And he throws the car in gear and peels out because he's mad. God, Shad, you just made me think of mall rats. <laughs> well, yeah. That when was he the tries act- to fuck her in an uncomfortable <laughs> position, what, in the back of a station wagon? In the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> Because there's room in the back of a station wagon. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, the, you know, I think I was actually... Did you guys ever get those books when we were kids? Uh, scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? That's where I got a lot yeah. of Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And they made a apparently a pretty creepy movie out of those books, too. But that just came out... Yeah, it just came out, I want to say, like, three, four months ago? Pretty recently. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that they released it in the summer, but... Well, oh, well, there you go, right? Bad decisions sometimes. <laughs> anyway, whenever he gets home to drop his girlfriend off, he gets out. And what is hanging on the back handle of the car but a bloody hook? So, the moral of the story is... Um, I guess the moral of the story is, don't be horny. But... <laughs> is that the moral know. of the story? Like, that was Yeah, because like- some guy might attack you, right? That was like the moral of um, <laughs> slasher films for like the first <laughs> decade of those. 
Um, what were the exceptions to that? Like Black Christmas was an exception to that, I think, because he just went after everybody. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But you know, Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth and that sort of stuff really kind of cemented that idea that sex makes you dead. Well, I think um, I think there's also that vulnerable thing. Like that's why Alfred Hitchcock did the shower scene and um in Psycho and like made a whole generation of people afraid of the shower. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what's fascinating about that is just how little you actually see in that scene, but the staging of the, the attackers initial reveal when Scott Steiner busts into the bathroom, you know, um, that's, that is like just surprisingly creepy because the whole face is blacked out except for the eyes and then the attack takes place, but everything is just off camera, you know. So there's not, you don't see a whole lot. Yeah, and there's a there's a couple. We 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 were going to talk about them, but I'd say there's a couple of offshoot urban legends of this that I I don't know why I cluster them together, but I kind of feel like they're they're similar, like the um the the, the woman that's getting like calls in the house, and then like they call oh the yeah and. Oh, you get out of the house. It's coming. It's from coming from inside the house. Yeah. yeah. Also used in Black Christmas. And then um, the one that still I will randomly check the back of my car because of it. But like the woman that's um, driving at night and this truck's following her and um, he keeps like turning his brights on and she like get, finally gets away from this truck that's obviously up to no good. And lo and behold, there was some dude in the back of her car. With like a knife or something yeah, about to kill her. If yeah. he was trying to like save Scare her, him or yeah. warn him off or something. Yeah. See the the thing, the issue I have with that particular legend is that there's work no way to pass it along. Yeah, well, there's no way to pass the story along. If she gets there, like the guy's trying to warn her, does he follow her the whole way, or does she? If she loses him and gets out of the car, and there's some dude in the back seat, what happens? Like. I would, the guy assume, gets her. I would assume I would, he kills her, the cops find her, and then the the truck driver is just like, yeah, or, you know, like, the, there's a way to connect the dots after the fact with that. But it's it's so, um, it's so complicated to get to that point. It kind of takes the, kind of takes the factor out of it, you know? Yeah. But I still, I do randomly... Not every day, but there is the time here or there that I do check the backseat of my car. <laughs> you get into your your own head a little bit sometimes, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not. Well, it doesn't help. Like, I, so a little bit about my life. I I like leave my house at six a.m. to go to work, so it's usually dark. Okay. So, so some mornings, you know, you're not quite awake yet, and that that can randomly pop in there. I've never heard of the early bird killer, though, so... I mean... Seems to me you'd be pretty safe. I mean, some guy might decide he needs to wait there for, like, seven hours. And then there's... I I figured um, I'd hear the snoring before I hear anything else. Right, right. All right. Uh, I actually, um... I just listened to, like, a true crime podcast, which actually brought up like the hook thing because it was basically about the uh, the 1946 Texarkana 
Murders. Have you ever heard those? Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. there's the a night, there's a movie song. based on that. Uh, yeah. The town that dreaded sundown. Yep. They just remade um, it, actually. Did it's they? Called, yeah. uh, it was just called Tex Arcana, wasn't it? Yeah, like the Tex Arcana Moonlight Murders, I guess is what it's officially called. Yeah. But they kind of uh, intimate that the hook may have been inspired, that that urban legend may have been inspired by that. Uh, I don't know if it entirely has been, because in the Tex Arcana Murders, there's no hook involved <laughs> whatsoever. But it does have that kind of recurring theme about, like, uh deranged killer trying to kill someone in a lover's lane because uh, those murders actually did happen in a lover's lane, like a real life lover's lane. So yeah. And I don't think they ever caught that guy. Nope. They never did. It's unsolved. Uh, his thing though, was he would usually shoot him through the windshield, wouldn't he? Yeah. He, he shot people. I think is what the, uh, the MO was. I don't know how many he actually killed though. I think like he, um, his success rate was a little hit or miss. It says that his uh, five, five, five was like the total okay. body count. I wonder if he, um, so do, uh, I guess we'll go into him now. We, we were going to, we were kind of waffling on this one. I wonder if he inspired the, the Zodiac. Yeah, we were going to, we, we were trying to decide whether or not we were going to include that because it's, I mean, it was a real thing, but it's kind of taken on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And the I, <laughs> the meme that it's Ted Cruz and that it's Ted Cruz. <laughs> we know who the, we know who the <laughs> that was actually. He did that. Was that last year? He did that on Twitter. Where he like was like Happy Halloween and like had the zodiac yeah. symbol or whatever. He made the he made the background that one of the letters or yeah. something. So yeah. I oh so I I've I've had my bouts with um with that one and being super into it and I've had different ideas over the years, but I I actually think um. I actually think it's I actually think the way it's presented is not how it happened. I think that there were two different killers that got mixed together and the letters were from a crank. Oh, so okay. I don't actually think the Zodiac as people think actually existed. I think there was some dude writing a bunch of letters that talked a bunch of shit. And like okay. so then the guy so I think that the guy that was killing the couples was one person, but I think the, the, the cab driver was a completely separate murder that just got bunched together because of the letters. Cause it doesn't really fit the, it doesn't really fit the MO, right? Yeah. And I think his ciphers are gibberish and that's why they can't figure it out because there's really nothing there. Well, wasn't there a, wasn't there something to the effect that, the letters were um, like he had a bunch of misspellings in them and that sort of stuff. So it was well, they, they uh, supposedly supposedly they solved one, but I don't. I think okay. I don't think they actually solved that one. I think they just kind of made something work. And I think that I think if there is some code that that's kind of caused issues with the other one. But there's been like. Yeah. Um, there's been other stuff with like ciphers that, that that has been like a big deal. Like there's that guy that got um I can't think of his name. He ended up dead somehow and he had like some shorthand like in his possession that they've been trying to figure out. Okay. Um I can't think of his name though. Uh and it's I think it's like Ricky McCormick maybe. Um but and there's also that that text that they found too and I think 
I think a lot of times those big mystery ones, it's because it's gibberish or it's something that's not meant for another human being to actually understand. It's someone mm-hmm. shorthand for something. But don't uh, know. It's. I think the ciphers are probably nonsense. I also think it's two separate murderers wrapped in with a kook that was just like attention seeking, and that's kind of like what I've settled on over the years. Hmm. I haven't. I haven't delved into it enough to really form an opinion because i i just generally try not to a whole lot you know that's that's a dark place to to park my mind for a while i have a i have a fascination with true crime and especially serial killers so um ah gotcha he's not that one's actually not as interesting as you think it was there there are some far more interesting um like i would say if if you really if you really like want an interesting serial killer, especially one like where there's tapes you can listen to and actually has some stuff to say, like Ed Kemper is probably the most interesting one. See, that's that's a uh, that that's a path I really I don't want to get too much into my head. You know, that's that's just that's a little bit too dark that I want to spend that much time there. It reminds me of uh, when C.S. Lewis wrote the screw tape letters. He said it took him a long time to get his head in the in the right space to write that. And then as soon as he got done, he was like, I'm never doing this again. Um, different, but the same principle kind of carries over. Please tell me you guys know what I'm talking about. No, I do. I It's oh. just um, I find human psychology interesting yeah. And um, that's just an interesting facet. Like, I guess I don't I guess I don't get drug into the depths of darkness on that specifically. Mm-hmm. What was the uh, there was a TV show called The Profiler at one point? Was it The Profiler? I remember that. <laughs> it was the 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 guy who as a kid had been taught to. uh like how to solve mysteries and stuff like that, but he didn't want to be there anymore. Oh wait, you're talking about Pretender. There it is. I couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, Profiler was a different show. Yes. Um, also on NBC that did deal with uh, criminal profiling. Right. But the Pretender is what I was thinking of. Just yes. The wrong P word. Mm-hmm. And he had a whole episode like that where it was like, I don't want to do it because I don't want to get that far in his head. Um. And so it was like, oh that's that's yeah and i'm like i i i get that i really do you know it's it's kind of a misnomer most of most serial killers are just fucking idiots honestly well i believe the uh the most prolific one in u.s history that anybody knows about oh i can't remember his name but he was actually finally captured in kentucky because I don't know, but his whole thing was that he just he just targeted people who were kind of society cast-offs. Yeah, a lot of them did that. Are you, th- are you talking about the Green River Killer? No, no. This guy, he's like been convicted of it. Um, hang on. I'm going to... I'm going he's to... He's an, he's an old man now. I think that they're going to... Uh, I think it was uh, was it H. H. Holmes. No, he's from, oh uh, yeah, he's from like the no, 
He's from like the 1800s, so no. Okay, yeah. Uh, hang on. Good old Wikipedia. <coughs> the original Triple H. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that if you ever actually read about that guy, that guy is like, that was a, that's a crazy story. Oh he, yeah. He um, it's really. <clears throat> I know. I know it's. I know it's morbid in a way, but it really makes me sad that they burned the murder castle down before there was like any real photography of the inside because it would have been mm. fascinating. Yeah. Samuel Little is who I was thinking of. Okay. So. <clears throat> yeah, that's. Uh... Yep. And as far as I can tell, there's no real. They don't have any idea about the the motivation on it, I don't think. But anyway, uh, next urban legend. I think we talked about the back seat. This was it. Kind of falls into the same thing. Is the uh, oh, I'm going to do this one. I'm going to switch this. We were talking about being in the car and flashing lights and stuff. There was an urban legend for a while. That if you're driving down the road and you see someone, <coughs> and you got to bear in mind that these urban legends are always tailored to be in your area. Right, so you got to be careful. This is in your area. Yes, it can could happen, happen to you. To you. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, if you see a car driving with its lights off, don't flash your lights because it was supposed to be like a, a gang initiation. If you, you flash your lights, they're supposed to turn around and follow you and kill you at some point. And there's no, no one has been able to come up with where this came from. It's based on on not a real thing anywhere, and yet. Like, uh, I wanted to come up with something more tasteful, but I'm going to go with, like, a case of herpes that never goes away. You get weird. Uh, you get weird shit with, like, gang stuff, because I, I live in a big city, and I know Matt does. Like, you'll get, like, people will get this bug up their ass, like, about something that's going to happen gang-related, and I really just want to say to them, like, if... If you random person that lives in the suburbs is telling me this, it's not going to happen. <laughs> because they're if a little you, separate if, if you it, right? random person in the suburbs know this the cops know this so they're not gonna do it so yeah right it, it doesn't uh it doesn't it doesn't really uh it doesn't track right well like that stuff with, like the gangs killing you and stuff i don't know gang culture or stuff but to me that's a little counterintuitive because part of being a criminal is not getting caught Right. Okay, so there was that one. There was the people can link two stories. You guys familiar with this one? I just read that today. I was um, I was I was reading up some to see if like there were any old ones I'd missed. I'd never heard this one before, but I I saw that was one of them. It, was this I've, one? Okay, Brad, would you like to regale this? So I guess some um, child is in bed and she thinks her dog is like licking her hand under the covers. Oh, yeah, I know. And this she like now. gets up at some point or they get up at some point and like their dog's been mutilated and something wrote on the wall like humans can lick too or something. Is that the one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many different variations on it that you can't pin down like where it came from at any point because yours was that it was a child. 
Mine was that it was a young woman that lived by herself. You know, it's it's there's there's no way to really, you know, wrap your hands around it and figure out what it is. Yeah. It's, is the unfortunate part. So speaking of small dogs, do we want to talk about the Chihuahua rat um, urban yeah. legend? <laughs> Before we get into that one, I, I have heard, um, I guess, more modern variations of like a creepypasta that, well, not creepypasta, that um, urban legend. And I don't know if it's a, it's styled as like a real one or not, but there was one that allegedly was from like I think Japan or something not that long ago, and same kind of premise. Uh, not quite. There's no licking involved, but it was the story was supposedly that uh, there was a, a young like female student. Uh, she's uh, she has like a teenage. Sorry, I'm getting it wrong. A young female teacher, and she has like a young male student, like a teenage student, and she is helping him uh, at at his like house or at. I'm wow! I came from I'm like completely screwing up the story. That's all right. Um, this for some reason, like the teenage kid is like at the woman's house, and she's like tutoring him or something like that. And basically, while she had been out or something, someone had broken into her house and was hiding under the bed. And like the teenage student figures it out and like gets her to safety, but it's like the same kind of premise. But it was styled as like this is a true story. Right. This actually happened. Is that kind of like um? That's kind of like a variation of the 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 callers upstairs story, isn't it? Sort of, I guess. It it seems that way, yeah. All right, let's see. The what Chihuahua, else. the Rat Chihuahua. Yeah, the Rat You're Chihuahua. Best to go into that one. Yes. Uh, the family goes to Mexico and they find a Chihuahua, and it's really hungry, so they take it back to the room and they feed it, and they put it in the kennel with their dog, and they go out and they come back. And their dog is dead, and there's a hole chewed through the door because this chihuahua was actually a giant rat. Saying, now, that's, this not, that's not how I heard it. I heard it that they brought it back for their, like, child. And it was a loyal little creature, and they wake up one morning, and it's dead. And they take it to the vet, and it's like, this is actually a rat, not a chihuahua. Okay, see? Again, different versions. I think I read that in the scary stories to tell in the dark, and that's how it was in that. Yeah, oh. it sounds like that was in that. Yeah, that that sounds more like a scary stories to tell in the dark version. Oh, um, I, I it's not on our it's not on our itinerary, but the um, the old urban legend because I know this was in scary stories to tell in the dark of like the spider bite that's really the spider laid an egg on your yeah mm. cheek or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. You know, the thing about those books that was interesting, it, it wasn't that the stories themselves were necessarily horrifying, but the artwork was just crazy. Yeah, the artwork was really crazy. That's that's what really made those things, you know? I always felt Goosebumps were a pale imitation of those. Well, what could I compare Goosebumps to? Goosebumps were kind of like the scary version for little kids of romance novels. R.L. Stein just cranked those things out real quick. Yeah. And it's like, as long as it's moderately creepy, he's like, yeah, I'm going to make a thing about this. Y'all want a story about a haunted candy bar? I'm on it. And, yeah, he made a lot of money off those books. I mean, he made like 300 of the damn things. Oh, really? Yeah, they, I, that was a little bit like past my time, I feel. 
but I know they were cranking them out like every month or every other maybe bi-monthly. I will for say, time, they were like huge. Yeah. And the TV show, I did. I remember watching a bit of the TV show. It was never scary, though. I did think um, that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon where, like, he stole the clown's nose. And, like, okay. he's at his house and, like, the clown's, like, like terrorizing him was was fairly scary when I was young. Like, scary enough that it stuck with me as an adult. Right. Um, there was a... That was similar to one of them that was in the Scary Stories books, but it was about finding a toe somewhere, and the family cut it up and put it in their soup, oddly enough. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Wait, did I read this right? No, it says toe. Hmm. That's kind of a variation of the uh, the Taily Poe legend, which was also in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, yeah. I think. Uh, well, actually, no, I don't think it was in that, but it's like a, it's... It's a similar type of story. Only have you heard of that one? In this, in like the original legend, Taylor Poe is like this. It's almost like a Bigfoot type creature, but it's more like a, almost like a some sort of cat, humanoid type of creature. And uh, the story is that there's like a, a hunter or a like an outdoorsman. He accidentally cuts. He cuts off the Taylor Poe's tail and oh, eats it. Yeah. And uh, the creature just comes at night uh, when he's sleeping and, you know, he's, it's crying for its tail. And eventually, like, the guy's like, well, I ate your tail. So because <laughs> this is like a horror story, basically, it basically attacks him and takes its, uh, takes its tail back by basically eviscerating the guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's an odd thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, because if it's a cat, then you figure that's that's mostly fluff. But, uh, all right, let me see. What else we got on that urban legend list? Let me look. Uh, on this list, okay, um, I have a theory about where these came from, but there's, I remember from the, the late 90s into the early 2000s, and they're actually still floating around today, but they're kind of passing along in things like, Facebook mom mom groups and stuff is the uh, abduction scheme stories. The, oh, you know, anyone who's, you know, you've seen a parking lot doing this, or uh, if someone comes, you know, you meet someone who says this, that's code for this and that sort of thing. It's like, well, look, uh, if it's gotten out, they've quit doing it because they don't want that kind of you know, it's it's usually tied in with people kidnapping folks to put into sex trafficking. The problem with that is if you do that with people who have active relationships and families that care about them, they're going to come looking for them, which is the last thing those groups want. Well, and the, the problem the problem with those tales is a lot of sex trafficking is via grooming, not through abduction. You they get groomed up to a certain point, and then they have a different. Different varieties of pimps, basically. Yeah. The- you have a Romeo pimp that's the, the one that's like, oh, no, I love you so much, but what are we going to do? And you're going to have to do this because that's the only way we can support ourselves. And then you have the gorilla pimps. That's the FBI term for it, by the way, is a gorilla pimp is one that just uses violence to keep them in line. 
But there's also uh, like there's also like the pimp that um gets them to like start like uh I guess it would be like a version of swinging and then like turns that into Yeah, that falls in that Romeo category. Yeah. But that's that's then, really that's really more common than the abduction thing from as far as I've ever read like Well, again, because it's if you just like kidnap somebody then you don't have um then there are people who are going to come looking for him. Yeah. You know, do you, do you, do you, and we've all seen taken. Do you want to take that risk? Right. That, that you're going to take someone who, who's the, the child of a man with a very specific set of skills or something like that. Um, and I mean, it does happen because, um, uh, crap. What's her (coughs) name? One of those famous missing stories. Like, um, well, but like Elizabeth Spark, Elizabeth Smart wasn't trafficking. No, I'm I'm thinking of like Brittany Drexel, I think. Oh, okay. Where they, well, they they haven't necessarily they what they pieced together with that one is that they they did take her for that purpose, and then they realized like everyone was looking for her, so they had to kill her. So I think that's why a lot of people don't resort to the abducting thing. Yeah, yeah, because if they're people that care, folks are going to come looking, and it's going to turn into a big thing. There's a story that's, well, this this happened a number of years ago in central Kentucky. There was a, I I think she was about 20 or so, a girl by the name of Brooklyn Farthing. She was this pretty blonde white girl who, uh, she was at a party and she got a ride from someone and she sent a text to her ex-fiance that says, I'm scared, come get me. And so he was leaving work to come get her and he got another text that said, never mind, don't worry about it, I'm fine. And whenever he got to where she was supposed to be, like, the house was on fire. And they've never found her. So I suspect that it was the same thing like you're talking about. They just haven't found her. As messed up as this is, I kind of hope that's the case. Otherwise, what she's going through just just absolutely makes me shudder. Well, a lot of, a lot of times with those, with those missing cases... Um, not that case, obviously, but a lot of those missing cases that hit like the true crime thing, they, they find them like some amount of years later. And a lot of people just walk into the woods and kill themselves. So, I mean, yeah, but I don't think that's what happened. Not, not, that, not in that case. I just yeah. meant like in the greater sense, when you get into those big, like spooky, like unsolved mysteries, like, woo, they, um, this person disappeared off the face of the earth. What happened to them? Well, they probably went into the woods and killed themselves. Uh, potentially, yeah. Because that happened here. This woman disappeared. And they, they must have spent days looking for her. And they found her, like, I think, like, 100 yards from the back of her apartment. And she just walked out the back and offed herself because she had, like, chronic migraines. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that happens a lot. Well, um, Brad, I'm going to take us to one that you had brought up. Uh, you had mentioned this one at one point, and so I thought we'd bring it up, is the candy poisoning. Oh, yeah, mm. so, um, I don't know how, I don't know how trick-or-treat works as much with younger kids, because I don't have kids, but I know when we were kids, like, the, your parents had to check your candy to make sure someone didn't put razor blades or, like, poison the candy. 
my local hospital would do free x-rays on your candy on Halloween for you. Really? Yep. And, um, so, you know, you kind of, I kind of took that without question for a long time, but then I, I got into adulthood and I don't remember what book I read that this was in, but I think it's popped up in other articles, but essentially like I learned, I grew up and learned that that was pretty much a load of crap and it's an it's it's essentially an urban legend and like the few times it's happened it's been parents um poisoning their own kids for insurance money and the more i thought about it the more that that's a really stupid urban legend because like think about it if you were to poison a bunch of kids like or put razor blades in like an apple or something you don't think they're not going to figure out in five seconds who did it yeah, they know which house gave them an apple, right? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that happened with those cases you mentioned is that they would give it out to other kids that came by to try and buzz the trail. Um, mm. But it, it's you know those are so few and far. I, Look, I think they a, found. I think I, th- I think I think they found maybe three cases of this actually happening. Yeah. So when well, do you know when this? started because i feel like it began like in the 80s no my my um my mother my mother i know talked about this and she was a um she was what do they call she was in like that first wave of kids after like world war ii ended i think the baby boomers basically yeah i thought there was a she was like in that early baby boomer generation and i know um, I know she did, she did that because she was, she told me a story once about how she was a kid and they weren't supposed to eat the candy without the parents checking them, but someone gave them popcorn balls, like homemade ones. And yep. she knew her mom wasn't going to let her eat it. So she took it out to eat it and dropped it in a puddle. Huh. So she didn't even get to enjoy it. So, yeah, so it's at least been a thing since like the fifth, like probably the fifties yeah, into the sixties. Um, the reason I asked is because I, I kind of wondered if, like the the early '80s Chicago Tylenol murders, if that was like factoring into this. Because back in the day, they didn't. I, and this actually blew my mind until I I heard this detail and I actually researched it, and it's true. It's yeah. like back in the day, they, they didn't have any of this sort of like tamper-proof sealing, no. which we kind of just take for granted now. And this, those murders actually was like the impetus for developing that. You know, I just I actually just listened to a podcast about that yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, on case. Maybe file. it's just. Uh, oh, I don't know if I heard that one, but I, I definitely heard uh, like a, a podcast about it. Well, they, and I was just kind of wondering if like that was kind of spurring it because that was definitely I remember like that was definitely on like the mind of my parents back in the 80s because it was like a big deal that i mean everything that could potentially be harmful my parents would throw one of those uh did you ever see those like green like poison stickers or something like that they have those when you were a kid yeah yeah my my parents put that on anything like medicinal related but i I feel like maybe that's what caused it parents were kind of a little like hesitant about giving their kids candy without checking it first not just to be safe but also because there was this like weirdness going on in the 80s where you didn't know if what you had was poisoned or not that was crazy like that they actually other than the tamper proof stuff they actually changed like how they make the capsules so yeah they actually did 
Mm-hmm. Yep. There is, uh, in the For What It's Worth, I went to the, the Nexus of Knowledge, the mighty Wikipedia. Uh, the reference they have here are references of the 20th century that kind of fostered this. The earliest one that they have record of was in 1959, a dentist in California gave out candy-coated laxative pills. Oh. And he was charged with outrage, public decency, and unlawful dispensing of drugs. There was a article in the New York Times in the 70s about it. And then reports and copycats peaked after the Chicago Tylenol murders, like you said. So even if it was not, um, even if that that wasn't like a direct cause of it, it 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 spawned into it. My brother and I were talking about that just yesterday too. His his statement was, <coughs> "Man, you remember you used to be able to go buy like a four hundred count bottle of Sudafed you could just keep at home." And and I said, "You remember that that." Uh, it used to be that the medicine didn't have tamper-proof seals on it, but, you know, meth heads screw stuff up, so. Mm-hmm. Or as Dave Chappelle said, uh, that's that's white people's crack, just say no, which instantly I, I found that part of that special just absolutely hilarious, but, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's. yeah, I've, I've gone way off point. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing better... There's nothing better than driving to work and seeing a house surrounded by cops and getting to work and getting on the news site and realize <laughs> you just drove by a meth lab getting busted. Jesus. That's happened oh. to me a couple times. Oh, God, check this out. The battery shop I used to work at, it started out of an old um, service station. And so, like, at least once a week, you'd have someone drive up. It's like, you all doing oil change? It's like, no, we, we sell batteries. That's why it says on the sign, batteries. It doesn't say oil change anywhere. Across the street from us, and this wasn't like out of town. This was downtown. There was a trailer park. About once a month, you would have police and ambulance and fire go screaming in there, usually because they found a meth lab. Once, it was because a bunch of idiot teenagers in a car didn't look before they made a right turn and hit a guy on a bicycle who was on the sidewalk, which I saw the whole thing. And when the police came over and said, did you see anything? I said, oh, yeah, I saw the whole thing. Let me tell you about it. He said, so they just turned up there, huh? I said, didn't didn't look, didn't hit the blinker. He goes, how did you know to look for that? Because that's a fair question, right? I witnessed stuff. I said, I saw the guy coming down the coming down the street. I'd seen those kids coming out of that trailer park before. And I said to myself, oh, God, they're going to hit him, aren't they? And then they hit him. And he was like, all right, we'll call you if we need you to testify. I was like, OK, I'll be here. <laughs> saw that once a month. That trailer park's gone now. Thumbs up. Wow. But uh, but yeah. I also I also get the my wife gets about. Actually, I haven't seen her in a while. I usually get the my wife usually <coughs> every couple weeks gets the text of well I hit it wrong today and I'm walking behind the lady that talks to herself and also barks like a dog. Ah. Mm. And that's really fun at like six thirty in the morning. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. There. So, because the reason that's a thing is where I work, I park in a garage and then I have, like, I walk through a park to my building. Yeah. So, um, you see some interesting things early in the morning. 
I bet you do. I it's funny you say that. You you'll see that it, if you were in like the witching hours, I want to say probably between like, let's say between two and five. Especially in the city, you will see weird things, and it it kind of freaks me out. Like uh this is uh going back like a year or two, but we had a friend and we were dog sitting for her just for like a couple days, and the dog wanted to go out just to do its business. And I went out probably like three o'clock in the morning and I'm like half asleep. And my street, which is like, it's near a bit, a busy kind of main street in DC, but it's not, it's, it should be dead. It's not like a, a big street where there's bars or things like that. It's just a, it's heavily trafficked just because it's a kind of a main road. And there was more people outside than I wanted there to be. And like one or two of them started talking to me and I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't want this. I don't know why you're like wide awake at 3 a.m. Like <laughs> one net one to start up a conversation when I'm clearly just walking a dog. <laughs> but I was a uh, I was a bit disturbed. And it's like, oh. that's that's the type of time when like unless you're like coming home from a party or you're going to work because you have some sort of crazy early job. Yeah, you shouldn't be that alert. Unless you're up to something. I, I, that that was set up. I is worked, what that was. I worked um I worked third shift at a Walmart for a while, when the <laughs> store was still open. Oh man, the people oh, you I did bet. it. People that were just high as a kite, strippers, mm-hmm. like crazy people. Like it, you got oh. you got the gamut. Like at three in the morning. Oh, I, I had that happen. When I was in college, I would I would go to Walmart for groceries late because there were fewer people around. <coughs> well, one day, I don't know why, but I decided one thirty in the morning was the best time to go, just because I hadn't gone to sleep and my schedule was all screwed up and that sort of stuff. And I'm like, I need milk, so I go to check out, and this is the weird part. The weirdest part of it is that there were two registers open at Walmart at one thirty in the morning. But the other weird part is the other register I look, and there's a dude standing there. He's maybe about 5'9". His head is mostly shaved, except he has a black spiked mohawk. He has, like, the full eyeshadow and black makeup and, like, the full goth thing going on. He has a dog collar around his neck with huge honking spikes. He's wearing black with spikes everywhere and 666 printed on everything he's wearing. And I thought to myself... Well, if you're going to wear it, this is probably the right time of day to wear it. My friends and I used to go to a... a well, um, I guess it was a goth slash BDSM bar. Okay. Just because, um, I don't know, the, the people there were cool, but like, my favorite is always the goth cowboy. Hmm. I'm thinking that was more of a thing in the early 2000s because of Rob Zombie. That would make sense. But yeah, um, I, I've had quite my um, my I've been around goths quite a bit. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting experience. I went to a Christian music co- uh, festival once, and there were Christian goths there, and I was like, you know what, you guys, you guys have fun. Is- um, I'm like, <laughs> they sound yeah. kind of confused. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I know, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna really show how out of touch with pop culture I am. But is like goth still a thing, or is that kind of 
gone the way it's of not, the Dota. It's not as big as it used to be. It's 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 contracted a bit. It's still around, but it's not as common. They kind of got think it, chased out by the emo <laughs> thing, didn't they? I think goth is still the same subculture it's kind of always been. I think for a time it got it was like flirting with the weird poser mainstream oh, yeah. things like yeah back like in the late 90s when like matrix came out and everyone decided like oh i want to i want like a black leather duster before okay. Col- before columbine ruined yeah. all of that yeah and the, the 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 sad part is black leather dusters are still pretty cool yeah columbine really screwed that up for about 20 years well and it had that weird intersection like i always felt goth and like the really super like people that were into grunge kind of had like a weird they were like only a couple of shades away from each other yeah okay yeah maybe but um there was a great south park episode about uh about goths versus vamps i i Uh, still laugh about that because um Edgar Allan Poe being Night Pain. Yeah. Is that, uh... Is, is, is that how it goes, per se? Yes. Just just laughing at the, the vampire kids. And Butters was hysterical through that mm-hmm. whole episode. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna move us on to another... This is another one that's kind of rooted in... Rooted in real life, but it's kind of taken on a life of its own. And it is the... Project MK Ultra. Mm. Now, is this also an known, urban uh, legend or a conspiracy? It's kind of grown from what it originally was when it was declassified to like now. Apparently, everything is tied into MK Ultra somehow. Can, can I ask you um, a question? Because I only have cursory knowledge of this. Was like the CIA's like scumbag like LSD tests on the population part of this? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. They were part of that. Uh, some people call it the CIA mind control program. <clears throat> the let me see. I'm looking at some notes real quick. The biggest thing that jumps out at me is that it was research undertaken at 80 institutions, including colleges, universities, hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies. Part of it was supposed to be about mind control and psychics, but here's the thing. Everyone attributes everything to it now to the point, spoiler alert, if you're a season behind, that that was like where a bunch of stuff in Stranger Things comes from. So, uh, I believe it was the church committee, the congressional committee, the church committee in 75, um, and the Rockefeller Commission, like, declassified and uncovered a bunch of this and went, Guys, what? This was illegal then. What were you trying to do? <coughs> so it's uh. Wasn't um. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm just more going into function of government here. But wasn't the fact that the um the CIA was carrying out operations within the United States in and of itself illegal? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. CIA is not supposed to operate in the United States. That's the FBI's jurisdiction. Yeah, that's what I thought. But, uh, you have that, and just all the stuff, that, and everything gets attributed to it. Um, hypnosis, LSD, other drugs, experiments on Canadians, detention camps. I wonder if um, <laughs> I wonder if old Peter Venkman shocking the fuck out of that guy in Ghostbusters as part of MK Ultra. <laughs> 
<coughs> let's see. Films that it's portrayed in, Pineapple Express, Killing Room, Banshee Chapter, Jacob's Ladder, Conspiracy Theory, American Ultra. Uh, Do you think, uh, I, I, have, I have a slight wrestling-related question to this. <laughs> how, um, how fucking hard do you think Jesse Ventura's dick was when he was reading about MK Ultra when they declassified it? Damn it, Brad! You, I was like literally ten seconds away from doing a mind control. Because <laughs> he had one of those dumb. He had that dumb conspiracy show, right? Yeah, I remember we talked about it wasn't that like on History the, Channel. No, he he didn't even get a good channel. It was like True TV. We talked about that on a show. Uh, yeah, it was so stupid and fake too. Because what what I think one of the episodes. He was supposed to be. He tried to go to the island where, like, the Montauk project is supposedly going on, and they made it seem like, "Oh, you're the Coast Guard is denying you. You can't cross the river to go over to the that island." And it's just him, like, standing on a a pier, looking all pissed off, like they say we can't go on the river. <laughs> it's like, come on, Jesse. No, remember he did no that thing. Where they were trying to get to like the wreckage of the Twin Towers, and like. He was just like standing outside of a warehouse and like <laughs> it was probably just yeah. some random warehouse. Yeah. Like reality TV is prone to do. <clears throat> I think the last one that we were going to talk about, uh, at least on the, the urban legend stuff, was one Brad had brought up and Matt and I were kind of familiar with. But that was uh, Polybius. Yes. Brad, could you give us a background on Polybius? So Polybius is... I don't know the I don't know the finer details. I would say look up the AVGN episode, but this is supposed to be a, a, an arcade game that existed in 1981 that was seen, I think, in Oregon. And I guess there is a theory that this was like some government psyop or something, or it was Russian. No, I think it was or, just or Japanese or something. But this game never this game never actually existed. Uh, it, it, what, what else was supposed to be like, what did it inspire, uh, it, people that tried it to do? What was the, I think it just had like psychotropic effects or something. Well, the other thing that I'm aware of is that it was, it was supposedly addictive. Like it was supposed to be that once you start, like people, dropped dead because they stayed at it for so long and and the effects it had on them and there was supposed to be something about like men in black coming by to uh like collect data off of it or something yeah <laughs> but it is there is a very good angry video game nerd episode about it he talks about that and then it's a halloween episode and it's the nerd so of course he goes whole hog with the concept um and just, you know, has a lot of fun with it. I think he did that uh, one around. He did this one near one of my other absolute favorite AVGNs, which is the um, the Berenstein Bears episode. <laughs> have you seen that one? Uh, <coughs> both of you seen that one? I have yeah. not seen that one. So that one yeah. is he, he reviews, reviews a bunch of games, but then he realizes that he thought, like, he realizes that he always thought it was spelled a certain way and it's not. He thought it was spelled with an yeah. E and not an A. And so yeah, like it's this, a Berenstain Bears. Yeah. 
I like this whole episode's about him like going to his childhood home and like finding the books and like freaking out when he realizes he's been living a lie. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the big things that feeds into people having this idea of the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, it's an alternate timeline where it really happened. It's like, no, guys, it's just a bunch of people remembering wrong. Um, let's 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 be honest to say it for a second. It, it, this is not there's not like timeline splits. This is just you're remembering something wrong. Uh Mandela Effect was described by the self-described paranormal consultant Fiona, Fiona Broom, where she was talking about the death of Nelson Mandela, who was alive at the time. And she said, "Oh no, a bunch of people, a bunch of people thought that." And uh, there was, she's like, "Oh no!" And then there was the Berenstain Bears as Berenstain. In the 1990s, there was a movie called Shazam with Sinbad as a genie. That was Kazam with Shaq. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically people remembering it wrong and then being like, no, this can't be true. People didn't realize it's not true. People didn't it's realize, impossible. People didn't realize that movie was named Kazam. Well, they confused it with Shazam because they're they're heathens. But uh, that movie sucked, by the way. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I would also I would also like to say because it helps us segue, I would count Polybius as a cryptid as well. Oh, as a cryptid. Okay. Uh Matt, why don't you give us a, a can you give us a definition on cryptids since we're shifting gears? Sure. Um let me see. Well you want like a, a dictionary de- uh, <laughs> definition? I mean it's short for cryptozoological. Yeah. A, a quick description. Yeah, it is like uh, like Brad said. It is short for uh, cryptozoological. Uh, basically, cryptids are supposed to be. I think, well, unless you're considering them to be supernatural entities, they're specifically supposed to be. I think animals or some sort of like living, breathing creature um, that is you know mysterious, potentially monstrous, something that potentially, in theory, could exist in the real world, but are undiscovered potentially. Um, I think they're kind of considered pseudoscientific, obviously, because they could be quite fantastical and not real, but they're at least, there might be this kind of presumed understanding that it's real, just undiscovered. A couple of cryptids, a couple of cryptids, cryptids, God, I can't talk now, have turned (laughs) out to be real. Like um, the giant squid ended up being real, Mm -hmm. things like that. That's because that there's must, also the um, I'm sorry. I was gonna the, say that. The, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say that Monster Quest show. I think that was on History Channel or Sci-Fi. They did find a couple of things here and there. There was also well, older cryptids would be like stories of the giant uh, ape men that live in the the forests of Africa, and they were like, yeah, whatever, until someone brings back a gorilla corpse. And they're like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's funny you say that because that the gorilla one is actually interesting to me because I'm sure back in the day people were kind of like gorillas, like that doesn't exist. Yeah, and it's I guess because we've always grown up with gorillas like as a thing, we take it for granted. But right. in terms of like human understanding and history, like we've only had documented evidence of gorillas, like where we actually found an animal. Like what? Like last couple hundred years, 
Like they were basically undiscovered for like a long time until just maybe about a couple hundred years ago. I would say yeah. like I would say like when Tarzan was written, like they were probably still a fairly novel concept of an animal. Yeah. 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 But it's a uh, you know, it's 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 something that it took some time for people to actually like accumulate to it being a thing. Well, there was mm-hmm. some tiger in India that was like in that cryptid category till like the forties, I think. Was that the man eater tiger? I don't remember what it was called. There was a specific type of tiger though that was <coughs> that was like in that realm of urban legend slash fantasy that ended up being real. Oh yeah, there was a there's there's some species of tiger that lived in that area that's just incredibly endangered, or at least it was like twenty years ago the last time I looked it up. But um, it's like snow leopards. How it's so rare to see snow leopards anywhere that that if we didn't already have evidence of them, people would be like yeah sure snow leopards whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also some really rare cases of actual like known animals that could maybe now be considered cryptids for okay. example like in in australia or new zealand i can't remember where it is maybe it's it's well tasmania i think of the tasmanian tiger the thylacine yeah which was a real animal and is at least for all I was thinking about it's for all purposes it's extinct but there are occasionally like still reports that will come up of animals that essentially match the description of the thylacine right and so, but now because it's, you know, a supposedly extinct animal, it's almost like, well, did you really see that? So it, it kind of has, in a weird way, instead of like, it has a reverse process. Instead of it being like a unknown animal that we consider a cryptid being discovered and, oh, it's real. It's actually a real animal all along. This went the opposite way. It was a real animal. And now if you see it, it's like, hmm, did you really see it? It's yeah. something else. Well, it's like the idea of the coelacanth being extinct, and then like there are some farmers somewhere off the coast of Africa. It's like, oh, you mean this? We catch these all the time. <laughs> yeah, they taste awful. <laughs> but uh, so we're going with the in the theme of the episode, the the weird stuff. Um, and of course, if we're going to talk about the weird stuff, there's really two cryptids that kind of lead off. And uh, would one of you guys like to kind of give us a, a an intro on one of them? Well, do we do we want to do the one that won or the one <coughs> that lost on Celebrity Deathmatch? I I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't exactly remember who won and lost. So, um, well, the Loch Ness monster just swung his tail and cut Bigfoot in half. <coughs> and that was the end of it. That's because it because it wouldn't give him tree fitty. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I'm sorry. I love that joke. It that joke is got to be. It's almost 20 years old now, but it's still funny to me. It it really I, it never <coughs> gets old, and if I see that episode, I still laugh about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, uh, you see it pop up on Reddit every now and then too. Is just Tree Fitty pops up. The interesting thing to me about the whole Loch Ness thing is like, because you're like, what is it? And they're like, well. There's a lake in Scotland, and people think this giant creature lives in it. And at first, you're like, oh, God, really? It's Scotland, and it's a lake? <clears throat> the thing is, Loch Ness is crazy big. 
I don't think people realize just how big Loch Ness is. I think it's like 23 miles long. How <laughs> big is it compared to, let's say, one of the Great Lakes? Oh, it doesn't compare. It does not compare to one of the Great Lakes. Much smaller or much bigger? <laughs> much smaller. Oh, I see. But it's it's like uh, 750 feet deep, and, you know, it's... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they found a new spot. So its depth goes all the way down to almost 900 feet. It's 23 miles long. It's dark, like gritty water. <laughs> if some... If, if a... And Scotland is not as cold as everybody thinks it is because the way Europe stays warm is the Gulf Stream comes up there. <coughs> sure, it's colder than the rest of Great Britain, but it's it's this huge, massive lake. And it's like, okay, if there was something hiding out, this would be like a place for it to hide out and not be found. But the problem is, as John Caparulo says sometime, searching for Loch Ness, well, he's not over here. Tune in next time. We'll look for him again. Uh <laughs> Well, there is supposedly a picture that I think was debunked from, like... Yeah. <laughs> well, there's actually two pictures. There's the Loch Ness Monster picture, and then there is Champ, which is, like, a Great Lakes sea monster. It's in, like, Champlain, supposedly. Yeah. But that one looks obviously... I remember that one. And then there's, there's supposedly... I think there's audio... There's supposed to be audio of it. Audio? I'm vaguely remembering this. I, the picture that you're talking about is the black and white picture of the head with the long neck up out of the water. Yeah, which is that probably was done. Which is probably that was phony. fake. That was that one was fake. The guy admitted it on his deathbed. He was like a dentist or a doctor in Scotland, mm-hmm. and yeah, after he admitted it and he died, his buddy came forward. And he's like, "Yeah, we put it on like one of these." And then, you know, we, we floated it out there and we took the picture and then we drew it back in before anybody saw it. <coughs> but, uh, you know, there have been people who've been screwing, <coughs> screwing around with Nessie-style stuff forever. Like, they'll wander around. It was, a, it was a surgeon, I'm sorry, from 1934. You know, people wandering around with, like, a hippo's foot around where these things are supposed to be just to troll people. So, uh, let's see. A whole, there was a Holmes video from 2007. Uh, there was a, supposedly a sonar image, but the image said, no, that's a bloom of algae and plankton. Uh, let's see. There's supposed to be a video from 2013. Let me see. Where is that? Oh, that was the mysterious wave. Sorry. Uh, it's It's like, people look at this stuff and it's like, you guys do realize that like when wind goes over water, it causes water to do that stuff. Right. And, uh, it's, it's just kind of, a. it's, 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 I guess it's fun for people to talk about and it gets attention and tourism and stuff, but there, there's no one's come up with a, you know, anything concrete about it. <coughs> what was that other one you mentioned, Brad? Well, it was about that time I got 
So the other one would be Bigfoot. Yep. Now, um, I see it both ways on this. Like the 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 primary video of Bigfoot is very contentious. Correct. Are you talking about the uh, the Patterson Gimlin film? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's the classic one. Uh, people still consider it to be like uh, possibly the best, or at least the the most well known. It is contentious. There are a lot of people who believe that, you know, it's just a person in a suit. There are other people who have uh, kind of very scientifically, well, if you consider that scientific, but they have kind of really broke down the, the video and analyzed it uh, to the extreme Why didn't and they? Didn't they? make arguments saying that it's like human beings don't walk this way, like the way that it moves, it's clearly not someone in a suit. Well, I think they there's like, a lot of arguments about they it. like digitally like restored it and like um upresed it and I think they've even like they've even like restored like motion that was missing from the original like oh, they've yeah. done a lot of like weird crap to it but I've seen yeah. but the the thing that's weird with that because I, I have seen people talk about it being real and debunking it but the weird thing is, like, they'll take the exact same thing and someone will say, well, this proves that it's not a person. And someone else will be like, no, like, this is totally a person, like, from the exact same. Mm-hmm. From the exact same point of contention. Yeah. People don't walk that way. People can absolutely walk that way. Do you guys remember, this is probably a decade ago, those people that said they had one in, like, a shed in Georgia or something, like one they killed while they were hunting or something? Yeah, there was something to that effect. Oh, like the one that he like said he 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 stored it in, uh, like his freezer or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm almost certain that was like found to be a hoax. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, look again. Uh, you can believe all this is a hoax. <laughs> I, I I want to believe. I actually Bigfoot. I'm like a Bigfoot enthusiast. That's like the one thing that, uh, in terms of like cryptids or weird, supernatural or science fiction fantasy type of thing that I would actually want to be real. Cause I think that'd be kind of like really interesting. I think, I think if you're going to take some of these like super fantastical ones, like Bigfoot would mm-hmm. probably be, I would say the most probable to actually exist. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it's yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, because like the Pacific, the Pacific Northwest is kind of like a weird area. There's a lot of, there's a lot of untreaded like woods out there, and if you're talking about this exists in like a super like small population, like maybe just like a few hundred of these, it is like probable that people only come across one every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if it did exist, it's just going to be like an American gorilla. Well, that's the thing is again, I've I've listened to a lot of podcasts, I've like read a lot of stuff about it. And if you want to believe in it, if you choose to believe in it, uh, I think the prevailing theory is that it would be some sort of like relic hominid species, maybe a, a, a primate, but something that kind of evolved convergently with humanity. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. There's like, a, 
to go back to the point about the Pacific Northwest, it's really like all of America. People kind of forget how massive America is. Mm-hmm. To which I would say, like, get in a get in a plane and fly from like the East Coast to the West Coast. Like, like I live in DC. I've flown from DC to LA. It's yeah. it's a huge country. Right. Like it takes six hours to get like coast to coast. And if you were to do the same thing like in Europe, you would cross over the entire continent. Right. It's America's well, massive and, and most of America is not actually developed. Right. That's a, there's a reason why we have things <laughs> called like they say like the coastal elite, what have you. Most of yeah. a significant portion of America, at least half the country, lives just along the coastline. And everyone else is kind of spread out in between. But it most of America is kind of just massive wilderness or just huge swaths of land that are there's just nothing on it. So it, people are like, well, how could they? How could something live like this in America? It's like potentially easily. I mean, there's a lot of wilderness out there. Yeah, there's there's a lot. How do you think people are managed to avoid capture as much as they do when they're being hunted? Is that there's lots of wild timber to go hide out in. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop two references real quick. The first one is if you guys have never heard it, I'm gonna encourage you to look up a comedian named Greg Warren. He has a bit about uh, the child of some Bigfoot hunters that doesn't want to be a Bigfoot hunter. So it's it's funny. It's worth it. Do you even want to find Bigfoot, son? Because I don't think you do. It's it's fun and it's worth a listen. Um, the other one is, and I'm going to pimp one of my favorite book series here. There's a book series called The Dresden Files. Harry Dresden is a professional wizard. Mm. In one of the short story books, the author, Jim Butcher, writes this forward. Something to this effect. It says, it gives me great pleasure that I can write this about my professional career with complete honesty. It once came upon me that I realized I had failed in my professional life to account for Bigfoot. And there are three Bigfoot stories in the course of the, uh, there are three Bigfoot stories. <coughs> I won't spoil any of them, but basically they are, uh, they're called the forest people in that setting. They are innately magical and they are pretty much only in touch with native American communities, but they're, they don't they don't need it much, but they are just filthy, stinking rich because they knew about all the prospecting spots before the the gold rush showed up. So they've got they've got gold out the wazoo. <coughs> They're fun to read, uh, but it's like look, <coughs> maybe Bigfoot's just blurry, and that's why no one gets good pictures of it. Well, if you like dive into it, there's lots of weird theories out there, and this is where it's like it really breaks down for me. Yeah. Because again, if 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 I were to operate under the premise that it's a real creature, then I'm assuming it's just like an animal that we haven't discovered yet, or is like particularly intelligent, so it's it's good at evading capture. Yeah. Kind of stays clear of humanity for the most part, except for you know, running into people when they're out in the wilderness. But there are people who are like, oh, it's not, it's a, it's not a flesh and blood creature. It's a interdimensional being. And it's like, okay, come on. Or it's people who will make arguments. There's a thing that 
is really big with some of these Bigfoot people. They claim that Bigfoot uh, can create what they call infrasound, which is some sort of weird like sonic thing that it does with its vocal cords, and that that is what happens to people's video or footage. It like disrupts it, and it's like you're basically saying it has magical powers. <laughs> when the entire premise of this thing, if it exists, is that it's like an abnormally large primate that is superhumanly strong and you know basically like a monster you don't need to add like superpowers to this thing okay it's super <laughs> right so there's all sorts of weird things that people come up with there are people who claim like it it the really wacky people in that community are like well bigfoot spoke to me telepathically it's like really did he we watched, what did he uh, say we watched uh, we watched Mo- the monster quest with the bigfoot and there was some woman on there, and my wife and I were watching this, and my wife's like, she wants to have sex with a Bigfoot, doesn't she? And I'm like, yes, yes, she does. So randomly, when we're just, like, sitting there, and she'll be like, remember that time we watched that documentary about the Bigfoot fucker? And I'm like, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I'm, I get a kick out of the idea of, of the Sasquatches. Incidentally, the phrase that sounds squatchy is inherently funny to me, um, but that they are like a race of like everyone has levels in Druid or something is uh, an odd concept. <coughs> I base my I base my Bigfoot knowledge on the excellent 80s documentary that John Lithgow did. Harry and the Hendersons. Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. Actually, also a sitcom for a season, I believe. Yes, yes. I'm waiting for a revival that's called Suburban Sasquatch, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, trademark pending. The yeah, wait, um, wait, wait. Are you telling me you're 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 you trademarked a Suburban Commando and Harry and the Hendersons crossover? Because if so, that's amazing. I trademarked the name. Whatever comes out of it, I want a piece of it. I mean, Hulk Hogan's uh, pretty hard up for money. We could probably get him for for it. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's write a script, guys. Um, the other, uh, the story I've got for you about far out Bigfoot people is uh, one. There was a local comic convention around here that I went to um, because the group I'm part of. They asked me, "Hey, can you come help out with this? You know, you'll get a free ticket." I'm like, "Sure." <clears throat> that was I got to meet um, Jackson Botswick. He played Captain Marvel in the original TV series and. That was when I got to moderate the panel that had uh, uh, one of the Bushwhackers and uh, Nikolai Volkov's last appearance before he passed away and um, Tito Santana. (coughs) But I'm I'm hanging out by our table. I'm talking to somebody. And then I look and I realize because that's when he started or she started into the hard sell. And I was like, oh, God, I've been standing next to the Kentucky Bigfoot Society table. <coughs> and, like, she went in on the hard sell. I was like, ooh, I've got to go moderate a panel. I'll, uh, I'll be back later. Um, the other thing that gets me about Bigfoot hunters is the idea they go in the woods and they do things like uh, primate challenge calls. It's like, so if this works and you're playing a challenge car call that is, in effect bring it on what's going to happen if the thing shows up 
or worse yet, if the challenge call is do me, baby, what's going to happen if this actually shows up? I have listened to stories from people and this kind of question gets answered because it, it, there have been stories where people are like, oh, I was doing wood knocks, which is allegedly like what Bigfoots yeah. do to communicate yeah, with yeah. each wait, other. Wait, wait. Define wood knocking real quick. Uh, well, I don't know. It's just they knock on this, the trees. They, and, they, yeah. And, but when it's like an idiot doing it, <laughs> these one of these Bigfoot people. I guess they just take like a, I don't know, like a stick or something and are knocking against the. Yeah, they're smacking a tree with it. Yeah. Uh, whereas Bigfoot allegedly just does it with like, you know, its fist or something. I'm, but there are stories. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just reading about the Ohio Bigfoot conference now. Oh, yep. wow. Yeah. Uh, but there have been stories where the people have done that and the Bigfoots do show up and uh, it doesn't go well. They're, they're, the Bigfoots are kind of like not happy <laughs> it's, right, right. it's really more like what the hell did you idiots want from us <laughs> yeah well, I mean, what we what do you want i mean if you think about it as a primate what happens if you if you're gonna screw around with a bunch of gorillas they're probably going to tear you to shreds because that's what they mm-hmm. do and they're crazy strong yeah yeah so um yeah that's, <coughs> that's by the way that's kind of where um, i'm at what, with people when they if you ever watch those haunted shows and they're just like, oh, you know, we got haunted because we were fucking around the Ouija board and like this and that. And it's just like, you know what? I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, but I also believe you shouldn't go screwing around with things. You don't possibly you can't possibly even have the beginning of like an understanding of the ramifications of what you're doing. Like, stop, like poking the bear. <clears throat> if it is real, you've done something very stupid. Yes. Um, the, by the way, when we left the urban legends, I meant to drop a Lewis black quote. So here it is. I have a friend of a friend who brought home a dog from Mexico and then he shaved it. It turns out someone had stolen its kidney and replaced it with a Polaroid picture of my toothbrush up Richard Gere's ass. Go figure. That kind of sums up urban legends in one go. Oh, that, we actually, I actually, <laughs> that reminds me of one of my favorite, um, urban legends. The guy that meets the nice girl at the bar and then wakes up in the pool of ether with a note saying, like, get to a hospital like your kidney's missing. Oh, in the ice bath yeah. thing? Yeah. Urban, there are so many of the things that it spawned, a, what, like four or five not particularly good movies, I think. I think the first one was, like, adequate. It's funny to me when you compare them. In my head, these two are associated as rivals. But when Final Destination... Oh, I was about to say the same thing. When Final Destination is the one that's pulling out ahead, and the villain in Final Destination is the concept of death, it's like, guys, uh, I don't think this is working. (coughs) Because the only urban legend I set all the way through... Um, it was the one with Julia Stiles in it. It had the twist ending. And it's like, wow, this is, uh, this is, this is, this is dumb. This is really dumb. Because it didn't even have anything to do with really with urban legends either. It's just like co-opting the name. 
Okay, sorry. No, I remember. Um, I, I only saw the first one. I have no recollection of it. I did enjoy, I think, the first Final Destination. It, it was a novel concept. It really was. And it's it's like, well, okay, I guess. When everyone was <laughs> trying to cash in on Scream, though. So there were like a million of these yeah. movies. Like, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I would also tag the, the the tail end of this where it kind of finally died was Jeepers Creepers. Uh, that I, died because of the director. Well, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't know that I would count that as like a serial killer type of thing. Well, it's it's a supernatural monster, but yeah. Well, yeah. I actually thought the so for Jeepers Creepers the first film, I thought the first half of that was actually kind of creepy. Yeah, and from not, not no pun intended, but right. and then it just turned into like a, a monster movie where the monsters chasing them, and it got super boring. Yeah, that's how I felt about that one. Yeah, um, the the climax of the film is really when they hit the monster with the car two or three times, and it's like, oh, okay, they weren't idiots, and then it's like, uh, it didn't exactly work out right. It's like, well, that was the climax of the movie. We're we're pretty well done now. <coughs> so uh, next on the cryptid train, I have one here that has. Well, we can tie in with Bigfoot on this one. I'm going to jump down the list a little bit, but that is the. I see the this kind of tied, both close to Bigfoot and not, but that is, and that might be because of Marvel Comics, but that is the Wendigo. The morphology of someone who cannibalizes another person usually in Canada and turns into this creature of hunger kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about the Wendigo. I just kind of thought that was Canadian Bigfoot. Uh, I think they call him uh, Meterfoot or they call him Big Meter in Canada. Oh. But uh, so I will I say that joke up. So bad. I, I will interject as a uh, Bigfoot enthusiast, Bigfoot uh, s- professor of Bigfoots. <laughs> you might <laughs> Big actually feet. say, yes. Um, there, in the Bigfoot community, there is um, there is a type of Bigfoot which some people consider to be a Wendigo. Oh, um, but that that is separate from like the Native American myth, which is actually a really weird myth because there are the the way the myth goes, it could either be an actual like entity or it could be just a spirit that possesses a human being because uh there is like a famous case there was like a legit case of a native american who basically killed and ate his family and he claimed oh i was possessed by a wendigo and that's why i did it i've heard that That actually that ties in there was a film that was released in the late 90s i think it was 99 and now that we're saying this, I'm going to end up looking it up. You're talking about it, Ravenous? Yes, Ravenous. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I, I, I've heard about it. I haven't watched the whole thing. But it's. It, I've been told it's a Wendigo movie. Kind of. Or is it just. I think it plays with the like the theme of it. I know I've heard this story because I think. Um... I think last co- last podcast on the left did like um, serial killers of the frontier, and I think they talked about this one. Oh, okay, all right, that makes sense. 
Okay, so that's that's Wendigos for you. Uh, let me see the next one on the list. I uh, I think Brad had some some fun stuff to talk about with this one was the Jersey Devil. Yeah, so um, the Jersey Devil actually there there's a part of that story that ties back to Benjamin Franklin and a guy named Titan Leeds. And I guess they had a bit of a a bit of a spat in there, like because I guess in the days of Benjamin Franklin, like the big thing was having your own like printing press and like releasing your own publication, like that was really big in early United States. And um, I guess they had a bit of a spat, and Benjamin Franklin was a real like it's it's actually hilarious. You need to like actually read about it because I won't do it justice. But Benjamin Franklin had claimed this guy had died. And then if that guy would write anything like shit-talking Benjamin Franklin, he would just be like, oh, this guy's ghost is at it again. And so there is, there are rumors that this guy eventually became the Jersey Devil. That is some amusing trolling on Franklin's part. Yeah. Now, I have to, I have to ask, because it is one that's on the list, like, how similar would, like, the Mothman and the Jersey Devil actually be? You know, I don't know, I don't know anything about Mothman, so I can't really say. Really, Mothman's like a like a Southern Ohio, Kentucky kind of thing, isn't it? It it's West Virginia thing. Oh, okay. The Mothman Festival is in West Virginia. Given the way that guys from West Virginia wrestle, I, I, I didn't go there. <laughs> See, I but, what what is like? I'm sorry, like I'm really hazy on the the Jersey Devil, like other than the origin. Like, what what does the Jersey Devil like supposedly do? Just like fly around and like people see it. Uh, I think it plays bad hockey too. Let's see. Um, yeah, it seems to have a whole bunch of like. It's really convoluted. I was looking at it before this, and like it has yeah, a lot of mythology to it. It seems like there's a lot of um, kind of like Salem esque imagery tied to it. Part goat with bat wings and walks on its hind legs, so. Hence, that makes it devilly and supposed to inhabit the pine barrens of South Jersey and, and that sort of thing. Ah, okay, I guess. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know a whole lot about it. I just know it's a thing. I threw it out there because I thought you guys might. No, I've I've listened to things about it, but for some, for some reason, like I've never retained a lot about it. It's always like new, other than the the Benjamin Franklin thing, just because that's hilarious. Yeah, that's some, some high quality trolling from a founding father. Oh, Benjamin, if, if, if you've never read much about Benjamin Franklin, like he is, he's very interesting just because he is like such a debauch. Like, yeah, he's, he's pretty amusing. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, what else did I have on my list here? Uh, the next one I had on my list was the, uh, as they say in Red versus Blue, the Chupa thingy, or the Chupacabra, the the goat sucker that's in Mexico or Puerto Rico or the Caribbean or South America or something. I've been to Puerto Rico, and it's highly, he's heavily merchandised there. Is he? Yeah. Um, he's like a touristy thing there. <coughs> Also, he, there was an episode of um, Dexter's Lab that dealt with the Chupacabra. Oh, was there? Yes. I didn't see that one. Um, 
it was a I, I I'm I'm just aware of it as like the excuse for it's like oh my animals are dead must have been a chupa thingy. I would say I would say like other than Bigfoot, this one probably does. There's I could see there being a likelihood that this exists, just like not necessarily what people might think it is. Like it might be some lizard thing that just sucks blood. Uh, I got nothing for you here. I'm I'm just totally in this like, eh. I mean, so if if, if its name is the Goat Sucker, that just conjures different images to me, you know. Yeah, uh, we might have to put the explicit tag with, uh, with <laughs> that one. <laughs> I know they found that. Have you, have you ever seen the the chupacabra they caught? Like I don't know, quite a while ago now. They just look like a coyote with a skin disease. Yeah. Didn't they actually find out it was like a like a dog with mange or something like that? I don't remember. I think I think they did though. Because mm-hmm. I know I saw it. And I'm just like that's it. Oh, this is probably this is actually. I'm actually thinking this was the late 2000s. I'm betting this was like 2002 or 2003. Now that I'm thinking about it, but it it, it I think it was a dog with mange. So. So when like they were merchandising it, do they have it as like a little lizard creature? Or? Um, it's been a long time. I think what I think a lot of the stories I saw, it kind of looked like um. An offshoot of Captain Caveman. <laughs> oh, like a little hairy caveman person. That's weird. Yeah. If I had to, if I have to remember, but that I would, that's been like twenty something years. Sure. Since I saw it, but I think, I think, I think also when I was there, like, I think there was a point in the nineties where that chupacabra thing was huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I think I was there like when that was at its peak. Yeah, that was um, that was on Unsolved Mysteries too. What what wasn't on Unsolved Mysteries? Uh, you know I don't know. I think even the Shroud but, of Turin made it onto um, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, did it really? <coughs> I didn't know that that one was on there, but the uh, let's see. Oh, the last one that I had for you on this was this comes from the mountains I grew up in. It was a story about a thing, the thing that hollers. And what the story was is that it's a it imitates the scream of a child or a woman in the woods near your home. And when you go to investigate, it mauls you. And when that happens, you know, obviously, then you're dead and it does this to draw you out. The running theory is that this was a uh, cougar, a mountain lion that. They have a certain. They can imitate certain sounds you might take as a uh, a person screaming. <clears throat> but um, the uh, it, it was it was a pretty persistent legend for a while. Well, there's certain and, uh, there's certain cats that sound like babies crying. I know that. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what. And the other thing I was going to say is that with some of these. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we had <coughs> some of these being animals, like you said, a coyote with mange, or animals with certain um, certain you know defects or diseases. Like I, I've seen, I, I've seen a picture of a 
of a bear that was shaved. And that is a terrifying looking creature. Yeah, it looks really scary, yeah. Yeah. So like that if they were like, This is this is Bigfoot's attack dog, I'd be like, I totally believe it. <coughs> I, I buy it one hundred percent. Um so, you know, I can't help but wonder if that's the case. All right. I was gonna keep us moving on to our last category. Uh are you guys game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, this was going to be moving into the creepypasta territory. These are things that float around the internet and are reshared and are supposed to be scary. Some of them are not. Um, Most of them are the, not. Right. I mean, the one that everybody's aware of that even got made into a movie is is old Slendy himself. But, um, and, and all the stuff that's come with it and the... <laughs> created by Victor Surge on the Something Awful forums, and it just kind of spread. And he's like, "Yep, guys, go with it." Just he kind of he kind of like threw the gates open. He's like, "Just go with it." Yeah, the, <laughs> so there was a the, video series about it and that sort of stuff. I, I only ever thought the photoshops of Slenderman were anything could remotely even be creepy, but nothing else about it ever like really. Did you play the game Slender? No. That is a creepy game. I haven't played that, but have you guys ever watched any like the uh, the Marble Hornets uh, videos? I have not. That I think is what kind of really got what really took it off. I mean, people kind of enjoy when it was back on something awful because I remember when that was uh, first kind of cropping up. It was popular, and I think places like 4chan kind of made it a little more popular even beyond that, but. Yeah. When they when that one guy or group of guys put together the Marble Hornets series on, I think they start they just were posting it on YouTube. That's when I think it kind of really took off, and they kind of tried to create some sort of mythology involving the character. And I think that's where the popularity kind of exploded. I think where it really hit, I think where that really hit critical mass were when those um, those young girls tried to like murder their friend. Yeah, I think there's, that really hit critical mass of like mainstream. That, that really stopped yeah. the stopped the train there. There was the Marble Hornet series, and then there was a, ser- a series called Everyman Hybrid that kind of mm-hmm. with it. Uh, I'm not watching either one of those. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not. Nope. Don't need that in my life. But um, it's one of those things that I think it illustrates the necessity of explaining to kids, you know, helping kids um, learn the boundaries between reality and, and fiction. Well, with Slenderman, like, <laughs> I always kind of assumed, like, at this point now, because I know with kids, like, he's a thing now, I think he really just, like, he is, like, the current generation's Bloody Mary. Something like that. Yeah, I, I, that, I think that's a fair point. But that's still, like, yeah. I think Matt just got see. abducted by aliens. <laughs> uh, the next one that was on the list, this one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to a bad one for a minute. Um, which, I, I think there's a reason that this got the attention it got <laughs> and then died off. But there was one that was supposed to be called Jeff the Killer. And mm. it's it's... Uh, I read it when I was in college, and the only thing that makes it creepy is there's a picture attached to it. 
you've got this kind of whited out face with a real like rictus grin going on and uh, you know like the colors are messed up and it's got some crazy eyes going but the story itself is written horribly like it's it's bad and yet for I think it only took off because of the image being attached to it um, are you looking it up I'm gonna guess Matt as we yeah talk. I'm I've seen the I've seen that picture before. Yeah, and I've read the story before, and it, it, it's not very well done. It's uh, it's kind of like surprising that that blew up. Yeah, um, it's just interesting because you know those like um, have you guys seen those morph suits? They've become kind of quite popular in terms yeah. of Halloween suits. They have a Jeff the Killer morph suit, and I know a few years oh. back they had a Slenderman one, but yeah, they did. It's like I didn't think Jeff the Killer was that kind of like at least that far out there in the public consciousness that they would actually do a suit like that because they're they're not going to make that unless there's at least something of a market for it right or either that or they're just they're just throwing stuff at the wall to see what they see what sticks but um the the other one the next one i had on my list it we it, it, i don't think it got as popular but it was better written it was written in a in like a series of forum post format uh, by Chris Straub, who works with um, the Penny Arcade guys in PvP regularly, I think. But it was called Candle Cove. Have you guys heard of this one? Yes, and that's a great one. And I'm fairly certain <coughs> that Candle Cove was a lot of the inspiration for the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, I th- I could see that. I think that probably is. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched Sci-Fi Channel, but two or three, probably about two years ago, they did uh, an adaptation of Candle Cove. Oh, really? Yeah, it is actually really well done. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> it, it basically it was a, the it was called it was on the show called um, God, I can't remember the name of the show now. I'll have to look it up. But it basically was done as an anthology horse. Uh, show where each season they were going to do kind of a different creepypasta. Okay. Uh, and that's the only season I watched. It was the first season. And it was actually really well done. The premise that they went with was that it was creepy. Uh, Candle Cove was this kind of story that um, this one guy, this one kid created with his brother when they were children. Uh, but then his brother died when they were both kids. And then he grew up and, uh, became a psychologist, the surviving brother, and then he starts having all of these like horrific nightmares, and he has a psychotic break, and he goes back home to his old town to kind of collect himself and get together, get his head back together, and there's all these kind of elements of Canva Cove that he keeps seeing, and it's done really, really, really creepy, and interspersed with that, they actually have this kind of like animatronic, not animatronic, but this like puppet show characters that are the candle cove characters and it's it's creepy if you actually go on youtube you can see kind of clips of it and some of the special effects were actually really well done kind of horrific it's worth it's worth your time it's um let me let me google it and actually see the guy who wrote that actually has become uh an actual author he's published a few works the chris strow yes yeah, I think I've read like some I said, stuff he's done. I know he. I know he worked with uh, 
the guys at Penny Arcade and PVP, but I, I'm not that familiar with this stuff, so I didn't have anything more to uh, add to it. Um, let's see. The last one that I've got here, I don't know if it really qualifies as a creepypasta, but it's close enough that I figure what the heck we can run with it. <clears throat> this is the... Uh, it's really its own wiki, but it is called the SCP Foundation. Secure, contain, protect. It's the idea of this foundation that finds these anomaly things and tries to secure them so that they don't harm people. And there are hundreds of these articles. There are just just hundreds of them. And they stretch back and forth and <coughs> back and forth. <coughs> I'm sorry. In what the styles are and what they're doing. And every now and then one of them's funny. But you, then you have some of the SCPs. It's, it's written as like a case notes thing. Are like cross over with each other. <coughs> are you guys familiar with SCPs at all? I love the SCP series. Okay. Um, I think they went through some significant edits of it over time. So I don't even know if the original entries are kind of the same as they were before. They may have been kind of like archived, but uh, that was a really, really super fun website to just spend hours reading all the different entries because some of them were really really interesting and well done and creepy yeah um and did you ever read like the apocalyptic scenario uh, uh there one like, that they posted six of them or something well no it was uh it was kind of like scp like zero <coughs> or something like that it was kind of like protocols for basically what would be like armageddon the end of the world okay uh, uh i think they actually like redacted it or did something to it a while back but okay because I, I i i couldn't find it easily off the website uh like i used to be able to <laughs> but it was a really fascinating read there was some really creative stuff people were doing on that sure the one that sticks out to me that i got a kick out of was that um it was one of the zero zero one entries where the idea was that it's like oh we uh we found the um we found the entryway to the Garden of Eden, and it's guarded by the angel. And ah, uh, yeah, that was tied into it. it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, it, they were doing tests to see what would happen with responses to it, and then they sent a uh, like they sent an, an indestructible SCP, and it got there, and it's like, nope. And like, well, we want you to go check it out. He goes, nope, not gonna happen. Oh, like the. Uh, <laughs> The lizard thing? No, it was a different one. Um, I think it might have... It was either it was well, a golem it, or it was supposed to be like Cain. Biblical Cain. Well, no, that was the really like, interesting um, twist that they did. Was that Cain... Like Cain and Abel were switched. Like Cain was supposed to be like the pacifist now and Abel was like the hardcore, un indestructible warrior. Oh. Okay. I think that's right, right? <laughs> I don't remember that part. I know that at one point they were finally like, okay, this is really scary. And apparently the foundation has enough money that's like, we've got a nuclear submarine in the Indian Ocean. We're going to launch it at the site. And the missile never arrives and the submarine is destroyed because the angel's like, no. 
and and that's like one of the odder, bigger, epic things. <laughs> but there are some like just like more. Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Smaller scale yet creepy things as well. So uh, you can, yeah, Matt said you can waste a lot of time reading through stuff on there. The the best one or my favorite one is SCP-173, which is what? probably like the most famous. And, and is that the is, is that the Rage Lizard? No, that's the one I was thinking of a second ago. SCP-73 is basically the same concept as like the Weeping Angels. It's like oh, the, God, okay. it's like the cement. It's like the cement statue that only moves when you're like not looking at it. Yes, I know which one you're. T- yeah, that was one of the originals. I think. I, I am shocked after I watched the episode of Doctor Who that I did not wake up screaming in the night. That's why I never watched it. Also, uh, I don't watch Doctor Who, so that one's worth it, even if you've never watched Doctor Who, because it is it is scary as hell. With that endorsement, you have just guaranteed that I will never ever watch it because uh, I don't need that. I watched. Um, I actually. Just to go, because it is, it is that time of year, I watched, um, I'm sure Matt's seen this, uh, Shadow of the Vampire from the early 2000s with William Defoe, where they, like, kind of reshot the silent film Nosferatu, except, like, the guy that was playing Nosferatu was a real vampire. <coughs> oh, yeah. I know what you're That's a good movie. Yeah, that's, that, I, I enjoyed that quite a lot. There was a movie I've heard bandied about a little bit that I haven't watched that was called uh, What We Do in the Dark. And it's it's a comedic movie about werewolves and vampires. Uh, isn't that isn't that done by the guys who did Flight of the Concords? I don't know. I think so. And I think they actually turned that into <laughs> like a Amazon series. Which, by the yeah, way, I, I, I into a series. I looked it up, and the show I was talking about that was the adaptation of Candle Cove is called it, the series is Channel Zero. Okay, and I it looks like it's on Amazon Prime Video. So if you have Prime, I think you should be able to watch that for free. You just have to search for it. And I've only seen the first season. The first season's uh, pretty decent. It's creepy. There's some twists to it. Um, the finale is really bizarre. If if I'm gonna, uh, I, I, when it comes to like stuff that's considered Halloween themed, I don't go in for a lot of it. My my go to is 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 typically Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <coughs> but um, you're not a you're not I'm a Ghoulies like fan. I, not really. Wait, the, were the Ghoulies the one that came out of the toilet? Yes. Okay. I thought I was I was off the mark there for a second, but I remembered it. No, I'm 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 pretty good with uh, with Tucker and Dale. I'm okay with that. <coughs> All right, guys. Well, that's that's a lot to cut through. Can I get one more? Just one last creepy pasta. Go for Go it. Go for it. One that um has been kind of popular in recent years. Have either of you read? Uh, or heard of Anansi's Goatman story? I think I've heard this one. Uh, okay, that's a that's a fun one. It's 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 a kind of a quick read. Um, basically, the premise of the story is that you have like a 
a kid who is from like an urban environment, but he has cousins in like Alabama. And so he goes down to visit his cousins. He's uh, he's a teenager. So they're at least of a certain age where they could be kind of like left to their own devices without too much parental supervision. But he's down there chilling like with his cousins and his cousins, uh, you know, bring some of their friends over. They're basically kind of just like camping uh, near their like rural property um, where there's like a little cabin that's kind of in the woods, not far from where they actually live. They're camping out. They're just, you know, doing regular teenager stuff, you know, bullshitting around fire, all that sorts of thing. And then they the premise of the story is that they basically start essentially being like stalked or observed by some sort of like supernatural entity which if you read it it kind of almost makes it seem like it's some sort of like skinwalker type of being and it keeps like messing with them and there's some kind of like interesting tropes that they throw in there uh it almost at times he describes the creature you ever saw like jacob's ladder yeah did you ever see that film they had like the being would kind of do these weird like head jerking motions like from Jacob's Ladder. It's like really like creepy and weird. It's uh, nothing really too bad happens. Like no one dies. Nothing like really severe like that. But it's kind of a creepy story. Um, it's fun. And then that's become like a really popular one over the last few years. Let's see. Yeah, I, and, and here's the thing, guys. I want to put this out there if for some reason you're listening to this and you need to hear it i'm glad you hear it but most people realize like no we're not gonna but you got to remember look into this stuff first because a lot of it is is just written with the intent of being as creepy as possible and then what happens is people pick up and run with it like the momo thing or something like that it's like don't don't believe everything you read on the internet. I don't know the uh, Momo thing. I've heard the word, but I don't know what it actually was. Well, it was... Okay, it's based off of this really weird, creepy-looking Japanese sculpture. But the idea is that it, it it's supposed to text kids with like these weird demands. You do this or Momo's going to come get you. And then... Uh, and then it it supposedly ends with make sure, oh, and you're going to kill yourself. <clears throat> the thing is that this is another one of those things that started out like the knockout game, real small, and then it got picked up by like national news media and plastered everywhere, and it turned into a big problem. Uh. So you know, read read about this stuff first, and then talk to your kids about it too. For God's sake. Momo's right. like Samomo's like the new Slender Man, is what you're saying. Uh, it's it actually came out of another one that I can't remember the name of, but it's it's it was much more overt. There's not like a mythology built behind it. It's just like this is what he does, and this is what happened. He sends you these messages, and it doesn't help that the visual that goes with it is just like really creepy. It's not even, it, it doesn't even move, it's just a sculpture. But Maybe grotesque isn't quite the right word, but I would say that's that's a good word for it. Yeah, that probably works. All right, well, <clears throat> I think that's about all we've got. So uh, 
if y'all are out there and this is uh, anything that uh, any of them you particularly enjoy, or maybe there's you want to say, hey, you know, this you wish you'd gone deeper dive on something like this, or maybe you're just like, hey, never do this again, whatever. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you and, think. And if you're on Twitter, Matt wants all of your Bigfoot erotica. No. I don't want that. I don't want. <laughs> the more erotic, the uh, better. And the last thing we want to do, since I forgot to do it at the beginning, is we'll do our shout outs here. Remember, if you go to collarxelbowbrand.com, use the promo code Four Corners Podcast, you get 10% off your order. That's the number four capital C in Corners, capital P in podcast, no spaces. And coming up soon, we will be doing our Epico Cologne. Our WWC watch. Yep. And shout out to so, Epico. He wants beat a Bigfoot in the squared circle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Who has uh, who's been seen more, uh, Bigfoot or Epico in a WWE ring? All time or can he ever dress up as a Bigfoot? Because there's a distinct possibility. Uh. It's that is possible. I know Andre dressed up as a Bigfoot in the oh. Six Million Dollar Man. I know it. Oh, I know we saw the the Yeti, the Yeti, the Yeti. Yes, yes. That's but true. he was he was more of a giant mummy versus a. Yeah, I, I guess if you he... that stupid Prime match where he was like in a ninja outfit and Shad's like, "Why did you send this to us?" Yeah, <laughs> I was. Um... God, that was insultingly bad. <laughs> it was terrible. I guess if you want to talk actual like wrestling cryptids, uh, in theory, Jack Gonzalez uh, looked like a Bigfoot. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And well, uh, there's always Mantar. <laughs> well, and let's be on with this. Will this will be more appropriate come Thanksgiving? So we'll hit on to it. Or we've talked about it in the past, but that is the gobbledygooker. Oh yeah, the gobbledygooker would be like a giant uh, cryptid, right? Yes. Like a giant yeah, bird. I think so. I think so. We didn't even touch upon some other cryptids like Mothman. We kind of talked well, we, about him with the Jersey Devil. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we just didn't do his whole thing separate. So, all right, guys, thank you all for joining us. I hope you all have a good night. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.